Hello, everyone. This is Charles Furlow, and you're listening to PTP Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the ever-increasing importance of data in this ever-changing world of real estate. Today, I've got with me Jeff Turner. Most of you know Jeff. Jeff's been with us at uh, two or three of our brand conferences. He's been a, a keynote speaker on the on the main stage with us. He's he's definitely an expert in data and in technology, but particularly in the world of real estate. So we're excited to have Jeff here, and we want to get right into those topics. So Jeff, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm sorry that it took me joining a podcast to hear those kind words toward me come out of your mouth. Quite frankly, they don't come very often. But uh, they don't. You're you're yeah. a hard guy to impress. Anytime a guy is willing to, of your stature is willing to join us free of charge, we are happy. To <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it very much. Good to see you. Very good to good see to you. See always you. good to see you, and I appreciate you joining us. So you know, this really is. Uh, uh, it, it is an ever-changing world. If, you, if you're paying attention out there, real estate is not only going through a difficult time, it's going through a changing time. Yeah. And data, which we all know is important, but do we really know how important it's becoming? So that's something that we wanted you to shed a little bit of light on today. Sure. So what can you, how can you start us off? Listen, I mean, I mean I've talked about this from uh, the stage at, at the brand conference before, um, I, I honestly, I think your franchisees have had the benefit of some insight into the future. You know, let, let's, let's talk about the elephant in every technology room that exists today. And that's chat GPT and everything that's happening with natural language processing. And, um, it didn't exist when I was doing those presentations on the main stage. You know, everybody went to sleep on the 29th of November, 2022. And when they woke up on the 30th of November, 2022, the entire world changed and the entire world woke up to the power of artificial intelligence. And every day since my new normal is waking up to mind blowing developments in technology. We, we've not seen anything like what we're witnessing since the graphical user interface was introduced in 1984. The same kind of explosion in new technology that that happened when we transferred from DOS, you know, where you had to really understand what you were trying to get to. You, you, you're. I'm certain. I'm absolutely certain you're old enough to remember a little green screen on a on a computer where you'd have to pull the keyboard yes. down out of the front, and if you didn't understand exactly what you were trying to do. You could not work with a computer. You literally had to be a geek in order to use a computer before 1984. And that famous commercial of Apple, you know, the girl throwing the sledgehammer into the screen really woke everyone up to this notion that there was a different way of interfacing with computers, interfacing with technology and interfacing with data. And so the graphical user interface changed everything. There was an explosion of software that was developed as a result. And then the same thing happened when we went from a user interface on our phones, the old Blackberries that were popular, right? Yeah. Text, I, I used to wear a beeper. You probably did too. I did. Um, and when the iPhone launched and that graphical user interface was transferred over onto a phone, 
it exploded an ecosystem of applications and technology on the phone as well. And so the same thing is going to happen as a result of ChatGPT. The entire ecosystem of technology will change as a result of my being able to simply have a conversation with my computer, to talk to it like a human, whether I'm typing now, literally less than three weeks ago, voice and communicating via voice came into ChatGPT, the ability for it to see and hear and speak. These are, these are tectonic shifts in the way we interface with computers and therefore the way we communicate and, and inter integrate with data. Well, just to give an example of that, I think it was you that gave the example uh, a year or two ago that one of these days, people were going to pull up in front of a house and basically talk to the house. How many bedrooms do you have? When was that addition added on? Uh, how old is your yeah. people? Whatever it is. And through AI, basically, and through data, uh, it was going to be able to answer your questions based on that. Uh, it could go so far as uh, what's the crime rate in this neighborhood or whatever the things are that people are interested in. Is that an example of what yeah, you're 100%. talking about that AI could do? 100%. And uh, a little over about four weeks ago, I saw a demo of a product uh, from a company called BHR. They're basically integrating data from public records, tax records, uh, listing data into a report, and they they built in a conversational engine into the report that allows you to literally have a conversation with the data specific to that house. Now it's not a voice conversation, uh, but it was it was released before. Again, every day I wake up and my mind is blown. Something new happens every day. So they they showed this demo on a Monday, and then the next Monday, voice was possible. So it won't be hard for companies like that who have already integrated data in a more property-centric way, and I think that's something we should discuss, to be able to create conversations about data specific to an individual home. So we're, we're already at a place where right now, today, it's possible to do that. And I'm just waiting to see the first company to do it. It's not, it's no longer, it's no longer a dream. It, it is possible today. Right. So speaking of that, one thing about real estate is uh, it's full of data, yet mm -hmm. it is the hardest data in the world to get your hands on. It, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't reside anywhere. It resides everywhere. Uh, and so when you're, when you're trying to do research, when you're trying to dig into the numbers, uh, there's no one single source that you can go to. So yeah. what, what, how is that going to work going forward? How would you think it will work? So there's there's two things happening in the real estate data space that are critical to the, the this very unique data that's associated with real estate becoming more usable. So the first thing is, and this is this is happening, faster than I think most people thought it would happen is this shift from what is today a listing centric approach to data to a property centric approach. And this is critical because today 
almost every major MLS platform and all almost all of real estate data, whether you're seeing it on Zillow or Realtor.com or wherever it ends up being, it starts out in an MLS somewhere. And today, those, those databases are organized and managed in a listing-centric way. And so the way a database is structured determines what you can get access to. Right? And that's really relevant to the multi-listing services. And you know these are crucial tools for real estate professionals and it's where data begins to be accumulated. And so in a listing-centric approach, and that's, that's the world we've lived in since the MLS was created, the data is organized around individual listings. Each time a property is listed for sale, a new record's created in the MLS. And if the same property is listed again in the future, another record gets created. And that's that's the way everything is worked. And so that, that leads to duplicate records for the same property. It doesn't provide a holistic view of the property's transaction history. I mean, we all know this to be true. If you spend any time in real estate, that's the way the world is resisted. And so that's the most common way that MLS systems are organized. But the movement that's taking place right now is toward a property-centric approach that organizes data around unique properties, regardless of how many times they've been listed or sold, right? So in this model, a single record is maintained for each property with various listings and transactions linked to that record over time. And that will, in the future, include any other piece of data that might be related to that property. It could be tax records. And, and more importantly to this conversation, it could be home inspection data. And I think this, this property-centric approach is going to offer a deeper understanding of property histories. That's going to be beneficial for all stakeholders. And to do that, there's going to be they're going to have to be a, a greater accumulation of this data, and it's going to have to be easier to access. There are, there's a movement to make that easier to access and more transparent to buyers as they're searching for properties, for example. Okay. So, I mean... Uh, I know this is an oversimplification, but you're you're really kind of talking about a Carfax on steroids, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah. Car Carfax, if if that car is ten years old and it was flooded eight years ago, it, it's going to still be attached to that car, hundred percent. Right? And so Carfax turns that up. So this is what you're saying is whoever, wherever the, all this information resides. It won't be just connected to a listing. It'll actually be connected to that house. 100%. And that shift okay. from a listing-centric to a property-centric model, it, it, it does two things. From the consumer standpoint, I'm going to get a, a more accurate, comprehensive understanding of that home, just like a Carfax gives me a better understanding of what's happened to this used car that I'm trying to buy. So more transparency, greater understanding of the history of the property, you know, if you're going to have a conversation, if you're going to have a conversation with a house, you you want to be able to ask it things like, "How old's your water heater? When was the last time it was replaced? You know, is there are there any concerns that I should know about this house?" And I, I think there's a there's a a new willingness on the part of a, of the real estate industry to provide that level of transparency about a home to the consumer. And then on the professional side of the equation, that evolution enhances the ability of real estate professionals to analyze market trends, evaluate property values, you know, and serve their clients more effectively as well. Yeah. So, so that's interesting in and of itself. Like I, I can see where that could really change. What, 
What would you say? I mean, our, our audience today are franchise business owners in sure. the home inspection space. So, uh, how should they be thinking about that? How do you think that could affect their world? So, I, I think a couple of things are definitely going to happen, and a lot of there's a lot of things we could speculate about. But what's definitely going to happen in this new movement towards a property centric data around the home? home inspection data becomes more valuable. If home inspection data becomes more valuable, and this is where the spec, that's a fact, home inspection data will become more valuable. If, if my goal in a property centric model is to obtain as much information as I can about this house over time, I'm going to want to have access and see, not every, I say home inspection data, like everyone looks like pillar to post, you and I both know not everybody looks like pillar to post pillar to post is a unicorn in the home inspection space because you've already systematized the collection of this data. If you, all right, so let me, let me just, let me take a step back. Cause I think it's important for people to understand a, a secondary movement that's taken place over the last five, 10 years in the real estate industry is the establishment of standards. Riso was established to create a, a standard definition of all of these fields that exist in the multiple listing service. And that was necessary because if you, if you don't have some consistency in the way that you're accessing data and transferring data between systems, me having data and you having data, if, if those two systems can't talk to each other efficiently, effectively, it doesn't matter. My, my data becomes siloed, your data becomes siloed. The establishment of those standards makes it possible for this data to be accumulated in a way that becomes more valuable. A single piece of home data on its own has almost no value at all. The accumulation of that data has great value. And so companies that are consistently, systematically conducting and collecting data accumulation in a way that it can be transferred into these systems to add value are gonna win. And you already know, and I hopefully all of your franchisees understand the work that took place over the last five years in getting all of this data into a central database uh, makes Pillar to Post perfectly primed to participate in this new value proposition that's going to exist in a property-centric model. Right. So uh, if you don't know what he's talking about, he's talking about one point, right? We, yeah, we, we, one we point. went from the old chirp uh version which was such old technology it, it didn't have the ability to do this uh now we've got one point it's all housed in salesforce this gives us the ability uh, to do what he's saying uh the the other thing i think that's in, uh important uh, to to think about you talk about the the data is valuable and it certainly is the question is how do you how do people i don't mean us how yeah. do these other companies whether they be mlss or how do they get that data? And, and we've talked about this a lot. And the the answer comes in, they need feet inside houses. They don't 100%. Need, they don't need feet on the street. They don't need feet walking around the outside of the house, taking a few photos. They need feet inside houses. More than that, they need knowledgeable people inside those houses because you've got to know what to look at, how to look at it, how to evaluate it. So that's the other part of this puzzle that we bring to 
it's not just the technology it's also oh, I, the people right? i i think i think it's critical like we've been talking about this for years feet and doors feet and doors that that is the unique advantage that pillar to post has in the marketplace you have you need to have a you need to have a reason to go in the house right you, you have to have a reason you have a reason and you have a system that's consistent it, it's knowable you, I, I I don't know that I can overstate how important it is not just to have the ability to get into the home, but to have a process that's followed consistently in collecting that data in a meaningful way. It it makes the data even more valuable. So there are there's just simply things that you can't learn about a home unless a human being walks into that home. And I don't believe that's ever, well, ever. Ever is a long time in technology it terms. It is a long time. I think it's going to be a very, very, very long time before some form of a robot will be able to stroll its way into a house and do the things that a human can do in assessing whether or not there are issues that I, as a human being, should be concerned about in the purchase of a home. Right. And I, I don't. I don't think that's going to change. And so the goal. The goal. Of, of all of this is to create an accurate picture of the home, whether that's to create valuations or do appraisals or a home inspection or to provide transparency to the consumer in the buying process. I mean, today we don't really have true transparency. Not really. If I'm searching for a house, I'm getting really beautiful, the, the best possible photos that I can see of that listing. I get it. They're marketing the house. All of that's true. More than a few people positioned very very prominently in the real estate industry are now pushing for greater transparency to the consumer. Why aren't we exposing past home inspection data? For example, right. history, history of um, permits as part of, if I'm looking at a, it happens. We were looking, my wife and I were looking at some uh, property and she sent me a listing and I go to these listings and I, yeah, it's nice. I can see the house, but there's so many, if, if I'm, if I'm looking at a house in another state, you've probably had the same experience. If you're looking to buy an investment property or a second home or whatever that is, there's just not, there's just not enough available to you online to be able to say, wow, this, this, this is the one I want. This, this really makes sense to me. And that's the movement that's taking place right now. How do we take advantage of this new movement towards a property-centric database, and then expose that in ways that both improve all the professional stuff that, that realtors are going to be doing and, and investors and bankers and everyone else, and transparency on the consumer side. Right. So, you know, the interesting thing about this is that this is not happening right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. Da data yeah. is being accumulated and... Uh, but but it's it's really not happening uh, in in mass right now. But this is the direction. Like that's the kind of the point of our conversation here is not to talk about any. This isn't a news story, right? We're not telling no. you that something's getting ready to happen in November. Uh, but it is the direction that the industry is going, and data is important. But where do they get that data? Well. Insurance companies can provide some of that data sure. from, from claims. 
uh, governments can with taxes yeah. and uh, 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 permits and things like that that you yeah. talked about. But where are you getting the real well, right now conditional data? And there is no place to get it other than home inspectors. I t I couldn't agree more. You could get it from restoration companies that are doing work on properties, but there there are so few. And I say this, I I, I meet with technology companies every week. People coming into the real estate space, they've got big ideas about what they can do. And often they're met with uh, skepticism from me and others in the industry because they just do not understand the level of fragmentation that exists in these disparate systems. And so this is why pillar to post objectively from my standpoint, is best positioned to be the company to take advantage of these trends and, and moving towards this property-centric data. And I, I think it's safe to say, and again, this is speculation and, and you know, you may, you may cut me off mid-sentence if I start to go down a path that I shouldn't go down, but I believe there's a way to increase the number of home inspections by making certain that the data that's being collected is easily accessible and easily shareable. APIs need to be created, uh, participation potentially in RISO standards at a high level so that pillar to post gets to set what those standards are, uh, controls the access to that data and turns it into something that now becomes sought out. If I'm trying to accumulate property centric data and some of the most important data is the data that can be collected by feet and doors, I'm gonna want easy access to that and I'm gonna want more of it. The more I have of it, the better my data is. The more I have of it, the more I can do with it. And these companies pay. These companies pay. Th these companies pay for that. And right. uh, again, AI. So the an English mathematician in two thousand and six said, "Data is the new oil." And and when I read that in two thousand and six, I wasn't sure I believed that was true. Because the only people who could really take advantage of data were large companies that had super powerful computers. Because the, the, the amount of computational effort that it took and the, the amount of data that you needed access to, only, only certain companies had access to those kinds of data. Well, then AI comes along and the, the new phrase is AI is the new electricity. Well, oil needed electricity Electricity needs oil. You got to generate. AI just chews up data. It lives off of data. And, and now it processes data and does things we never dreamed possible. It sees data in ways that we couldn't. It, it's, it's just an entirely new world that we live in. And most people don't understand how much of a new world it actually is. And so we've got AI models now that don't need to have massive training sets in order to provide insights into that data. They can work on smaller data sets, even on a data set that sits inside of its own silo. So all of the home inspection data that sits inside of pillar to post, there is a way right now today to train on just that data, to create models that are predictive and do things with just your data, even, even though you don't own all of the data on all of the homes in the market. Those, those opportunities exist today. And I, I think it places pillar to post in an incredible position in the marketplace. Uh, I agree. And uh, 
we're, we're, you and I and others are are talking to some of the leaders of some of these companies right now. Yeah, uh, we, we we don't know when this is going to come to pass, but it's going to come to pass. You know, the interesting thing as you were talking that I I think if you were to talk to most of us, uh, maybe even today, but certainly in the last few years, when we talk about data, when we talk about uh, data being valuable, it, it, it came out in a very simplistic form, which is, oh, you take all of our customers and you sell that list to somebody and then they call them and sell them stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. That that is not the world we're talking about. Right. We're no. we're, we're not talking about anything remotely close to that. Um, th this is something that I think we're talking about is tr going to transform the real estate transaction world and probably beyond real estate transaction, but for our purposes, real estate transaction. Yeah, hundred percent. So that that's what's uh, so interesting about it. It's still data. Uh, it's still data that's that's valuable, but it's not the way data used to be valuable. Yeah, this isn't about selling mailing lists. The, right. you know, the, the, this is not this is not that. It's way beyond that. You know, data. I think rightfully needs to be seen as a strategic asset. Um, but unlike oil, so if data is the new oil, the way the way it really truly differs from oil is that it's durable and reusable. You know, I burn oil. I burned oil. I got to go get more oil. I don't burn data. I use it and I use it again and I use it over and over again. And the more I get of it, the better it gets. Yep. And so it, it's, it requires a different way of thinking from a leadership standpoint when you're thinking about data. You, you can't simply address it in the way that you've been addressing data in the past. Well, we could go on and on and on uh, uh, about data and about this industry. Uh, we could talk about what's happening with NAR and lawsuits that are out there and how that might end up resulting in a quicker drive toward the need for data. Yep. Uh, the transformation of the MLS system from what it is today to something actually much, much more. Uh, it, it, but it's, it's all changing. Right? So we don't have time to get into all that. I just wanted to, to get your insights on, on, where our strengths really are. Yeah. You know, we we always think about our the home inspection being so valuable to the actual customer, whether that be the buyer or the seller. And it is. That is the prime. It is. Absolutely. As you it is. said a while ago, we have to have a reason to be in the house. 100%. Right? Well, that is the reason. And that will continue to be the reason we're in that house. It will not necessarily continue to be the only source of revenue that comes from that home inspection. And we're not talking about the personal data of yeah. those actual people. We're talking about the data of that house. Would that be a good summary of what we've just talked about? I, I think it is. And, and maybe another analogy might come to play. So um, let, let's, let's stay on the data is the new oil analogy. Oil was discovered in 800 BC in China. But the first oil well wasn't drilled until 1848 in Pennsylvania, because it wasn't it. There wasn't nobody found a big enough use for it, right? This is so this is a weird amount of uh, random knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm good at Jeopardy. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, and so, you know, we're talking about two more than two thousand years. Oil was sitting there, 
like it was there. It wasn't until, you know, we, we developed this internal combustion engine and the ability to generate power from oil that oil became valuable. And even then natural gas was, was produced at the same time. But until 1919, the only thing that was ever done with natural glass was you lit it on fire at the top of the wells and it was just waste. And I view pillar to post data kind of like that. It's all, it's been there for a long time. It's had value. It just, it hadn't been refined. It's not been refined yet. And once it's refined, it, I think it's Katie bar the door. I think there's, there's an opportunity for pillar to post to lead the way in helping everyone understand there's a value to the data that's collected by feed indoors that goes beyond its value to the homeowner. Yes. Very good. Uh, you know, I said ever changing at the beginning. Ever changing. And, and it is. It's it's in the it's in flux right now. You know, as we speak, uh, and it'll continue to change. As, uh, I think the good news is we've positioned ourselves. Excuse me. We've positioned ourselves to take advantage uh, of these opportunities as they come along, and uh, we put ourselves in front of some of the right people uh, at the same time. Agreed. Well, Jeff, this uh, brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, I thank you so much for joining us. It really was uh, great to learn more uh, about data and the role that it's playing in in real estate. Awesome. Always good to be here. Yeah. You know, to our listeners and those watching uh, on the video, if you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast episodes, please reach out to alicia.sumar at pillar2post.com. Thank you to everyone for listening. Have a great rest of your day.